The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, preached on January 8, 2012, based on Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God through which the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus, our God and Savior, is the first two verses of the Gospel recorded in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Do you have your Epiphany cards sent? Are the Epiphany presents all wrapped? Did you get a real or artificial Epiphany tree this year? All those trappings that we associate with Christmas usually disappear by the time we get to Epiphany. In fact, on January 6th, which is the date of Epiphany, I would guess more people celebrated that it was Friday this year than even realized it was Epiphany. For the world, this is the lull after the holiday celebrations. It's the time to watch football and get ready for the Super Bowl, the time to recuperate and get back to a a normal schedule, a time to make it through the dreariness of winter until spring comes. Do we, like them, also forget about Epiphany? At this time of the year, the nights are still long. It's about a little over 15 hours between sunset and sunrise. Plenty of opportunity to notice the stars. Now, I don't know many of the stars by name. I can usually recognize the North Star, find it out. And if it's the right time of the year, I can find the constellation of Orion in the south sky. Venus, when it shines brightly, usually also attracts my attention. And I know even though by our modern definition it's not technically a star, it still looks like one. As you, dear friends, look up at the night sky, let those stars remind you of something more than just a light in the sky. Pick out one of those stars, whether you know its name and constellation or not, and let it teach you about Epiphany. Recognize the Epiphany star. That's the theme that we focus on here this morning. Recognize the Epiphany star. Well, you see, Epiphany means to make known. And just as these stars shine in the night and make themselves known during Epiphany, We focus on how Jesus made himself known. We first come across a star as as we follow the wise men here. And as we look at that star, I don't know how they recognize that this star was the promise of the Messiah. In fact, I don't even know what exactly they, they saw in the night sky, whether it was a 
a natural phenomenon like a supernova or comet that God arranged to happen at just the right time and in just the right way, or whether it was a special creation of God just for this occasion. Either way, it was certainly miraculous. And and how did the wise men know that this particular light in the sky meant that the Savior had been born? I don't know that either. Was it because of, of prophecies from long ago? For example, 15 centuries earlier, the prophecy was made that a star would come out of Judah and a, or out of Jacob and a, a, star, a scepter rise in Israel. Numbers 24 records that. Was their knowledge of the Messiah part of the legacy left behind by Daniel when he was one of the wise men of the East in the days of Nebuchadnezzar and Darius? I don't know. I don't know how the wise men figured out that this star would lead them to the king of the Jews. Our human minds come up with many curious questions here. But the fact is the wise men did recognize this star And they recognize something much greater than simply a a light in the sky. And although we may have many questions surrounding the account of the wise men here, don't let those questions cloud your view of the Epiphany star. For as curious as we may be, those questions are unimportant as far as our salvation goes, since God leaves them unanswered. Rather, as you see the stars in the night sky, notice how they break through the darkness. And that's the first lesson we learn from the Epiphany star here today. It breaks through our darkness. Now, darkness can often picture ignorance. We, on our own, are in the dark about who Jesus is. And just as our eyes can play tricks on us in the dark, so also the human mind imagines Jesus to be many different things. Some imagine Jesus to be like a coach who is there to direct us on how to play this game of life. Others may imagine him to be like a cheerleader there to lift up our spirits so that we try our best. Others may may think of him as a specialty player who usually is there only on the bench, on the sidelines, except on those special occasions when you need his unique uh, talents or or, or abilities, sort of maybe like a long-range field goal kicker. And still others would rather prefer to imagine that Jesus never really existed at all. But the Epiphany star makes him known makes him known despite the imaginations of our natural human mind. It makes him known as someone whom we need very much. For you see, it tells us who he is and what he has done. It breaks through the darkness of our ignorance. The wise men here, they knew who Jesus was. They knew why he had come to this earth. That's why they followed the star. They came to worship him. And just think about that. They worshipped this baby. And now, how sinful that would have been if this baby were just a human being. But they knew that this baby was their God, the eternal Son of the Father. And so they worshipped him as their God. 
And as you see them present that gift of incense or frankincense, think of prayers ascending to God. Here again, it's, it's wrong to pray to a human being, whether they are a saint or otherwise, but we pray to Jesus because he is our God. And so as you see the, the stars in the night sky and remember how God created them on the fourth day of creation, know that Jesus made them and placed them there. For he is our God. Like the wise men, come and worship him. Honor him. Bring to him your needs and your desires. Bring them to him in prayer. For he is your God. He is not that specialty player who is only there for special circumstances. Don't leave him on the sidelines. Go to him day after day. Call upon him in all circumstances. Pray continually. For, you know, for us to think that Jesus is just there in case of emergency or when we need him in a special circumstances, that's as if we were the boss who could tell God when he has a role in our life or not, what sacrilege that is. And yet how often don't we push Jesus to the sidelines of our heart? Does he always reign in your heart as your king? To whom you bring not only your gold, but your time and your talents as well? That you bring to him your mind, your body, your soul, your strength, your all? How or what other things compete for the throne of your heart? For you see, whenever we push Jesus to the side in favor of something else, even if that is just for a short time, that other thing has become our idol, our false god. We have broken the very first of the commandments, failing to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. But dear friends, Jesus our God came to save us. The Epiphany Star makes that known. It shines through our darkness to make Jesus known not only as our God, but as our Savior as well. And so if you can recognize the constellation of Orion in the south sky, let that remind you that Jesus is your mighty hero who came to save you from sin, Satan, and death. He is your mighty hero. He is not a coach who is there to train us on how to save ourselves. He's not a cheerleader to root us on to win the game of life. He is your hero who saves you from sin, Satan, and death. When your sin surrounds you like a pack of wolves ready to devour you with guilt, Jesus breaks through that darkness. He drives away your sin as far as the east is from the west. For he took your sin all the way to the cross and nailed it there. And on that cross he crushed Satan's head. He broke through the power of that ancient serpent, that dark Lord. He is your mighty hero, your Savior. So even when death stalks you, you need not be afraid. For Jesus, Jesus is with you. And he has conquered death. His body that was dead and buried, anointed with myrrh for burial, 
rose triumphant over their grave. He rose victorious to save. He broke through death's dark shroud. Yes, dear friends, Epiphany makes Jesus known as our God and Savior. When you see the stars in the night, remember that like the stars breaking through the darkness, His truth breaks through our ignorance, His grace breaks through our sin, and His victory breaks through our death. Recognize the Epiphany star. Recognize Jesus as God and Savior. Yes, dear friends, recognize him as your God and your Savior. But how can you know for sure that he breaks through the darkness even for you? How can you know that with that sure confidence and that full confidence of faith? That Jesus just didn't do it for someone else, but he did it even for you. Well, think of the wise men once again here. They were not from Abraham's family line. They were not from the people of Judah or Israel from which Jesus came. They were foreigners. Was this baby their savior? Was he born not only king of the Jews, but king for them as well? Yes, yes, he was. And he is your king your mighty hero as well. For he shines for all to see. Which brings us to the second part here this morning. Recognize the Epiphany star, for it shines for all to see, including you, dear friends. The prophecies of the Old Testament made that clear when they were correctly understood. Think of that very first prophecy of the Savior. When in the presence of Adam and Eve, the Lord God said to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring and yours. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, who are the offspring of that first woman, Eve? That's everyone, isn't it? The promise of the Savior was for all of us, descended from Eve. Or think of what the Lord said to Abraham, that all nations of the earth would be blessed through him, not just the descendants that came from his family line. And even the prophets of Israel made it clear that the Savior was for more than just the people of Israel. For example, Isaiah refers to Jesus as a light for the Gentiles. Jesus shines for all to see. And many of the best-known passages of the New Testament bring home that same point, don't they? John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. God, our Savior, wants all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1. Jesus shines for all to see. And he takes this universal message and makes it very personal to you. At your baptism, Jesus said to you, I wash away your sins, dear child. You have been reborn 
by water and the Spirit. And in the Lord's Supper, Jesus comes to you and says to you, most personally, keep on believing that I sacrificed myself for you once and for all on the cross. Take and eat. This is my body. This is my blood. Drink. This is my last will and testament in which I leave forgiveness, life, and salvation to you. For you, dear child, are my heir. The epiphany star shines for you, dear friend. You can be sure of that. For it shines for all to see, including you. And that's faith. That's faith that recognizes the epiphany star and knows that Jesus came not only as God and Savior for someone else, but for you personally. And now this most personal message that Jesus brings to you and to me, that he is your Savior from sin. This message, this this good news moves us to want others to see Jesus as well. For we know that he shines not only for us, but for others, for all. Again, think of the stars in the night sky. They just don't shine down on certain people or certain places. They shine from Greenland's icy mountains to India's coral strand. They shine on all kinds of people, rich and poor, young and old, male and female, the good and the bad. They shine on every nation, tribe, language, and people. For the Epiphany star shines for all to see. And yet how many are still lost in the darkness? How many are still struggling with their guilt and sin? How many are still headed on that road to death, eternal death and hell? Yes, Jesus shines for them to see, but will they see him before it's too late? So dear friends, even as you see the epiphany star shining for you, reflect its light for others to see as well. Let the light of Jesus shine through you to others. For he shines for all to see. Let your neighbors see and know that Jesus is the reason for the hope that you have. Let them know that the source of your kindness and love and forgiveness towards them is is Jesus. Support the spreading of this light through the proclaiming of the good news. Support it both here and and around the world as we work together as a church body, as a synod. Support it through your offerings, even as the wise men brought their offerings and laid them before Jesus. And pray, dear friends, pray that his kingdom come to the hearts of many others so that by the power of the Holy Spirit they too believe his saving word. For through this word, Jesus shines in two dark hearts and brings the light of salvation. Recognize the epiphany star, dear friends. Recognize it as it shines through the darkness, breaking into our hearts, bringing us the light of salvation. It shines for you and for me. It shines for all. Spread that good news. Spread that good news so that the, the, the star continues to break through the darkness, shining. 
for others to see just as it shines for you. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.